Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. boys and girls for yet again another uh, special edition of the michael deacon program first time listeners turn on tune in and drop out this is a very different kind of show a place where we don't feel so alone let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe i do admire you for your curiosity my guest this evening is mr michael horn the authorized american media representative for billy meyer Horn immediately makes distinctions between what he calls the lights in the sky, tabloid type of UFO stories, and Meyer scientifically proven UFO contacts. And yes, I know many of you don't believe in any of this, and that's okay. That's why we brought in Mr. Michael Horn, and we will be discussing how valid these claims actually are. And I'm seeing all of you in the chat room right now, and it's so good to see all of you. It's always nice. Now let's bring in Mr. Michael Horn, who is patiently waiting right now. And, oh my god, Michael, are you okay coughing up there? Who, me? Somebody was coughing there. I thought somebody caught the coronavirus. Uh, Well, I think it was Mr. Michael Horn there. Nope, hadn't coughed in a little while. Was, Was that you, Mike? Were you dying there? No, no, no. I think uh, I think there was an explosion or something. I don't know. Well, I hope none of you caught the coronavirus. That's what I'm concerned about here. No, I had it, but I dropped it. 
Interesting. So, Mr. Horn, welcome back to the program yet again. And the same with you, Mike. Thank you for hanging out with me this evening and being the co-host. Well, thank you for having me. Nice to meet you both tonight. It's one of nice those shows. You, Mr. Horn. It's one of those shows where everyone is Michael. <laughs> my favorite. Another one. I love these shows, by the way. It's just it's just mayhem all the time here. How could you not like that, right? Well, you could work on it. I mean, maybe we could go by middle names or something. Yeah. I'll just call you Mr. Horn. That's I'll what I'm going to do. I'm going to call him Mr. Horn. Yeah, we'll, we'll be proper tonight. You're supposed to call me Mr. Horn. I don't know. But if you really, if you must. Um, <laughs> I insist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. You know, it is funny to think of that Mr. And it's, it's very nice in some ways to call people. I think of calling even much older people Mr. And of course, sometimes it doesn't go over. Uh, not always. Females. You know, women like not, don't want to be called Mr. Things like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, Michael, Mr. Horn, I have to say, you know, I get asked about you frequently. And many times people always want to know my opinion about you. And oh. I've always uh, stood up for you, Michael. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> even though, I, even though, Mr. Horn, even though I don't exactly see eye to eye with you on everything about the Billy Meyer contacts, I've always said I like Michael because of his moxie and just the way he sticks to his guns no matter what. Well, you know, uh, I think you've opened a good pathway for discussion tonight, frankly, because, um, you know, I'm surprised in the world, to be, to be honest with you, I'm surprised that there is as little moxie is little standing up for things of importance and perhaps because people don't feel that many things are important uh i don't stand up you know for simply <laughs> i'm sorry what was that what was that it sounded like a, a, a black bear oh i'm glad i'm behind glass here um yeah what, what, I'm, what i'm saying is that i really don't see that there's much in in most of contemporary society, of people standing up for things that seem to me, anyway, to be uh, you know very important. I, I know that different things are important to different people, but uh, it, let's say during the '60s, you know, because I can relate to that. In the generations that are of the age, let's say that the millennials are now, and all that, there was a heck of a lot of standing up for stuff. I mean, people shut down the the war, the you know. Vietnam War and people, uh, they they just were in in terms of my perhaps idealized recollection, they were a little feistier, a more natural, you know, outspoken about things. And of course, we didn't have the digital world, the digital reality, for better or for worse, and much of it is for worse. So there wasn't that type of a thing to uh, be filtering human relationships and communication. Now. You just mentioned, you know, st- standing up, let's say, for the for the Billy Meyer case, and I think that I am very interested, truly, in hearing people's takes on why they don't think it's, let's say, worth standing up for, or the issues they have with it. Not so much to try to confront people or argue with them, but to understand it, and, and certainly, of course, uh, not being shy about uh, saying, "Well, I, I think there are things that I could disagree with and rebut with evidence." 
But I don't understand in the so-called alternative paranormal UFO, whatever you want to call it, world, I do not understand why in that world anything other than the Meyer case is spoken about. I mean, I'm serious. So I am open to trying to understand you know, that and the right, right. that don't see it the way I see it. So please, both of you guys, give me something to work with here. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> but before we even dive even deeper into this discussion, I have to say, have you been emailing Michael Shermer again? Uh, not since we last, uh, you and I last communicated about it. Uh, after, you know, I, I had asked you to ask him on after I'd tried, I don't know, I think all my emails to him are probably blocked anyway, but I had asked him, you know, challenged him to come on because he posted something on Twitter where he posted one of Meyer's most remarkable UFO photos. And he, he said, oh, in most UFO photos, you can't see the stream, implying that <laughs> This is fabulous because this is a place a few years ago. I've been to, to Switzerland to, uh, you know, in, in purpose of uh, the Meyer case, visiting, exploring, discussing, questioning, filming. I've, I've been over there 20 times. Okay. So a few years ago, I was over there to the very area where that photograph was taken, which is literally two, three minutes around the corner from where Meyer's home is. And I went with a guy, a, a Swedish guy I know, English-speaking Swedish guy, who's into this case as well. And I, at that time, I brought my camera, and I wanted to photograph him on that road a bit and in other parts down on the sloping hillsides. Why? Well, he's over six feet tall, and the skeptics had always said this stuff about, oh, Meyer suspended models and what – well <laughs> – <laughs> there, for those who aren't looking at it, and I'm not looking at it either, it's a photograph of a winding road that leads up a hill a bit to a log pile above which one of the UFOs from the extraterrestrials is hovering, taken in 1975, 1976, right around there, all pre-digital. Now, I photographed this guy on the road, on the sloping hillsides, down by the trees, because for anybody to have strung a wire across to suspend a wire, this is a one-armed guy, and to get that kind of a shot, um, well, they'd have to be about 25 feet tall or so. I mean, it was just one of these things where I spent about an hour and a half with my friend. I remember going over all that, and we were just going, well, how would anybody – he would have had to have brought a ladder over if he was going to string the wire between the trees separated by a couple hundred yards but even then, the wire would only be about a foot above the ground. I mean, it was just all of this kind of stuff. So when people like Michael Shermer, who are – make no mistake about it. He's a very religious person. He, he's a – you know, he belongs to the Church of Skeptology. He doesn't have, uh, you know, a clue as to how to evaluate evidence that does not accord with his beliefs. And if he was honest enough to say that, I'd have more respect for him. I actually, I like the guy. As I've told you, Michael, I've spoken with him in the past, uh, back in probably about 2009 when I lived in L.A. And they were, he was talking about bicycle riding and some other stuff. Uh, I wanted to engage him more on this whole thing with the evidence of the Meyer case. But he's not qualified to discuss it because he hasn't done his due diligence. So with with that being said, it's kind of like, oh, well, um, he wants to take cheap shots. And we could also say right now in the world, uh, you know, determining the authenticity of UFO photos may not be the most important thing. But the Meyer case isn't solely at all. 
and even not even mainly about his still irreproducible, independently authenticated UFO evidence. And that's you know something I, I hope we'll dip into a little bit. I do want to hear what your own, your uh, Michael Deacon, let's say issues, holdbacks, whatever you want to call it, may be in terms of the evidence or the case or what have you. Well, Michael, you already know where I'm going to go with this. But before I go to that uh, specific uh, detail, I just wanted to say I did email Mr. Shermer, but I don't yeah. think he's going to respond to it. I think he's ignoring me. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I laid it out to him that you wanted to uh, get into a debate with him, but I, I don't think he's going to respond to me at all anymore. No. Well, look, it, see, that's not a courageous position. I, I started to take on the professional skeptics. It was back around literally 2001. The organization at the time called uh, Center for Inquiry West. Now I think it's called IIG. Uh, they had been attacking the Meyer case. Uh, you know, he was using models. Well, so I said to them, let's, let's go. Let's, let's discuss this. Back up your claims. Duplicate the photos. Well, they couldn't, of course. And there was an investigator there at the time. Uh, I think his name was Vaughn William, Vaughn something or other. And he just got in way over his head. I think they fired him because he made such a mess out of attacking the Meyer case. It was so easy to, to run circles around him even then. So I then took on any and every skeptic. I even volunteered. I wrote emails to James Randi. I said, I will come to your facility on your stage with your audience and I will bring a PowerPoint presentation and I will take on any and all of the skeptics that would like to debate it. And we'll just see how your audience feels at the end of that debate. Well, that was not accepted either. So, you know, the days of, ha in my opinion, the days of having to prove that Myers photographs are real and films are real and all the rest of that uh, have, have passed. Not that I'm shy about doing it. it. It actually nowadays, it can be done in about five minutes. You can close the door on any question that his evidence is not authentic and not singularly authentic and still irreproducible. And that's largely due to, to the uh, contributions of experts who basically came to attack the case and uh, skeptical experts, real experts, not the kind of, you know, clownish people that uh, belong to, skept you know, skeptical or organizations who are just kind of, uh, you know, mono-focused nerds and they can't really deal with evidence that, as I said, contradicts their beliefs. So that being said, I, I will stop talking. <laughs> no worries. Mr. Horn, Mr. Horn, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Can Can you explain to the listeners why the Myers case is so significant to you? Sure. Um, I'll put it this way. The confirmed existence of and contact with extraterrestrial intelligent space traveling extraterrestrial life would be the single most important development in all of human history. In other words, if we confirm not the garbage that floats around the UFO world, which is nonsense, but if we confirmed the existence of an extraterrestrial race and contact was made with it by a person or persons, that is a total new paradigm for human for humanity. And it's something that is has been deliberately marginalized by the UFO community with the help of the intelligence agencies to make everything that's in the sky uh, is some kind of an extraterrestrial joke. And and you, and everybody, I, I recently posted also a 
uh, a blog, May You Lose Your Shirts, and I named all the people in ufology who now, because all of their conferences are shutting down, that I wish that upon them, quite literally, because of the phoniness. But let well, me that's get back how they, to you. That's how they make money. So, I mean, yeah, they're, they're hurting, Michael, of course. Oh, yeah, a lot of people on, are. Where's my <laughs> um, Right. <laughs> but, Mike, so I would say, and this is something that's lost on people. I'm, I'm so glad you asked that. Think about it for a second, guys, and anybody in the audience that cares to. Um, really, if we say, hey, wait a minute, there's an extraterrestrial race, we've confirmed that, and there's somebody that's can prove that they're in and have been in contact with them for 78 years. Give me a break. All other stories, save for the catastrophe of COVID-19, perhaps, go by the by, you know, by the boards. And this is why ufology and the uh, so-called UFO experts and contactees and organizations have done e enormous harm to humankind. And part of that harm is what we're feeling now with this COVID-19 epidemic. And I'll tie that together, but let's just say, to answer your question, if that wouldn't be the most important real true story in human history, I don't know what it would be. You know what I mean? What, the Myers, the Myers case being the most important? No, let's start with verified, authenticated contact with an extraterrestrial race, proven contact with an extraterrestrial race would be the most important development in human history. Here we are, a planet of 9 billion human beings, and suddenly there's another human race that doesn't originate or live on this planet, and it's descended, if you will, from the skies to make contact and give us what? That's what we, you know, we'd be looking at. What's the reason then? But first, it's the most important thing if it's occurred. Now, maybe you don't agree with that. But that's my, you know, my baseline here is to say the reason I'm so passionate about it, because that most important development, in my opinion, conclusively has occurred and it's been attacked. Okay. Let me let me let me be a little bit more specific here. Sure. What, what is more significant about the Myers case as opposed to every other UFO sighting or uh, claimed uh, contact or whatever? What's sure. what's so significant about the Myers case compared sure. to everything else? Okay, but right before I answer it, I'll ask you this question. Sure. What what other so called UFO case that you're aware of? has one solid, independently authenticated, verified piece of evidence of extraterrestrial manufacture. Uh, huh? What? <laughs> okay. Wait, so, wait, wait, what was the question? Yeah. In other words, can you name another so-called UFO case that has evidence that's been proven to be of extraterrestrial origin, manufactured? Okay. I don't mean like a, a piece of a rock. I mean, I mean, something manufactured not on this world. Okay, I have to be honest. I am not. I am not familiar with the names and the cases sure. and all that. The things that I and believe me, I am extremely interested in UFO sightings and uh and and please when when I say this, understand what I'm trying to say. Alleged contact with aliens or extraterrestrials, sure. and I say that because I have never witnessed one myself, and I've not seen anything that gives me f solid proof. Sure. So. When I, when I look at other, I, I'm always looking at like, you know, sightings and, and footage online. Uh, and ever since the, uh, the internet has come about, we've got, we've had a lot more opportunities to see all these like films and, uh, camera shots and, and all these things that are associated with UFOs. But 
everyone I've ever seen, I'll be honest with you, I don't have an I don't have an explanation for it. I don't know anything whether it's real or not. Sure. So that's why when I ask you the difference between the Myers case and the other ten thousand uh, uh, you know cases that are out there of either footage or alleged uh, documented information, I I'm just trying to understand that why you're so passionate about that's, the Myers case. And that's a very good, that's a well explained question. So I'm going to answer it because it's an honest and genuine and well explained question. So let me say this: from based on what you've just said, I'm also going to assume that you're not overly familiar with the Meyer case and the evidence and blah blah blah. And that's okay. I'm just yeah, gonna to be honest. I'm not. I mean, I I read up a little bit about it today, but I, I'm not completely. I'm not. I'm not like you are. You're you're immersed in it. You're immersed in it. I am. So let me. Because you are the perfect person to ask the question, and I hope in a way, the perfect person for me to give an answer to, uh, and, and just an honest answer. It goes like this. The Bill, in, Billy Meyer is a 78, for 78 years, a contact person with an extraterrestrial race. That's the claim. He's 83 years old now, so he would have started having these contacts when he's five years old. Well, what is the evidence for any of that? Let me start to give it to you. In 1964, Meyer was a 27-year-old young man, basically a vagabond traveling around many countries, hitchhiking, working his way through different jobs, studying the world's religions in different cities and locations. And at the time, in 64, he was in India. He would be studying Buddhism at an ashram in Maroli, India. Now, at that time, he attracted the attention of a reporter for a prestigious Indian newspaper called the Delhi Statesman, 1964. This reporter decided to interview young Edward Albert Meyer, 27 years old, takes his pictures, so the pictures in the article, and he basically talks about here's this guy traveling around who claims that he's, you know, met with extraterrestrial. At that time, they may have called him is we still have about a dozen of those original photos to look at and refer to, some of them precisely described in that article. That's the first physical evidence. In 1975, Meyer, who has already gone through a whole lot of adventures and some misery in his life, is now a one-armed man living in Switzerland. And on January 28th, he begins his meetings, according to all this information, with a woman named, a human being named Semyaze. She gives him the permission to begin taking photographs of her craft. And those photographs would also include then, over the period of years till 1981, photographs of the craft flown by other people in her race who he would allegedly be meeting with. So, to date, over 1,200 clear, primarily daytime UFO photos with from one to four of the craft in these frames. Now, these are 35 millimeter pre-digital, pre-computer photos. And yes, all of this, we've had independent analysis and all the evidence, and I can always go over that, but let me march you through this. Eight films have survived and a video. In addition to that, Meyer claims that the metal alloy samples that he had in his possession and turned over to the United States military investigator and his investigative team beginning in 1978-79, he claimed those were given to him by the extraterrestrials who also told him to tell the investigator to bring them to a man named Marcel Vogel at IBM 
in Switzerland to analyze them. That took place. And Marcel Vogel, who was a genius, a scientist working at IBM, had set up a video camera and he began using different equipment to magnify and uh, explore the metal samples and determine what they were made of and how they were made, which involved, as he went through the analysis, very detailed, deep uh, laser cuttings that were beyond his ability. He didn't have such things. They were machined at very complex ways at deep levels. Every element in the periodic table was present. And the more he magnified the metal, the more he saw that there was crystalline structures within it this is this is not lights in the sky stuff so that also was accompanied by the evidence that Meyer gathered on four separate occasions when he using his Iowa tape recorder in open fields with as many as 17 eyewitnesses recorded the sounds of a ship that was way above them booming down that was so loud it attracted people from four kilometers away Now, this is about the physical evidence, and there's some other interesting physical evidence, but that's the easy part. Why do I say that? Well, Meyer's photos and sounds and metal, they were examined by experts from NASA, JPL, United States Geological Survey, IBM, McDonnell Douglas, four different sound studios, et cetera. And all of the – and these – independent analyses were a matter of record because there was a man named Gary Kinder still around. I believe he was an author and a skeptic who got tasked with investigating the Meyer case. Well, he approached it as a skeptic and he wrote a book called Light Years. And in his book, he got all of the scientists from all of the aforementioned NASA, JPL, et cetera, to look at Meyer's photos, his films, Nippon TV, analyze the films, all these people. And they signed off saying, well, this is not hoax. There's no manipulation we can detect. There's no models. There's no special effects. This is whatever this is. These are large objects, you know, a, a good distance from the camera, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So his photo evidence, which remains the clearest to date, because some of the photos that Meyer took, he was in 15, within 15 to 40 feet of these things, broad daylight, not, uh, you know, a half a mile, a mile away. Okay. So that's fascinating in and of itself. It's genuine. And you can, you know, believe me, I say to people all the time, I will be glad to send you all the links, send you to where you can see all this documentation. See, this is what no UFO case, you know, quote unquote, has no evidence, none of it. Where are the it's all anecdotal. Oh, Roswell. Well, Roswell happened. Where's the evidence? It doesn't exist anymore. Well, what about Rendlesham? What about it? Where's the evidence? Probably happened, but no evidence. Here we are floating in evidence. We're we're swimming in this stuff. So that's not the most important part of it. In 19... 19- I first walked into a bookstore in L.A. in 79. I got the first photo book. Years later, I was in a cafe in Arizona, Sedona. I met a guy. He says to me, have you read the contact reports? And I go, what's that? He said, well, the conversations this man's having with these extraterrestrials. I said, no. He said, well, when you come back to L.A., come up, visit me. I'll give you 1,800 pages. So I came back to L.A. I visited him. He gave me 1,800 pages of the most fascinating conversations supposedly between Meyer and extraterrestrial people. And and the, the translations were a little rough. It was, you know, German dominant person. So they were throwing their verbs at the end of the sentences and what have you. But 
there was so much information in there. And I read it over a period of months and I finally put all this stuff under the bed. And I thought about one day, two years later, I open up a newspaper and I read about a new discovery from Lawrence Livermore National Labs, guys. They're telling me that they've just discovered that the ozone damage is tied into A-bomb testing and they've got percentages. So I start to read it. And then I stop within about 40 seconds. I'm going, why do I know this already? So I reach under the bed. There's the first 100 pages. I open it up. And within about 10, 15, 20 seconds, I'm right there with Myers being told about the ozone damage, the atomic connection. And that is the beginning of what changed my whole reality. Because to date, in English alone, out of the few six to 8,000 pages we have in English, maybe at the most, out of 45,000 pages still you know, in German, we've culled, we've, we've found over 250 specific error-free examples of prophetically accurate scientific information verifiably published by Meyer anywhere from six months to 60 years before we, quote-unquote, officially discover it. Now, I'm going to stop at that point for a moment because all that I've told you up to this point, you will not be able to find any other so-called UFO case contactee. You haven't come upon it because you'd already know as per when I asked you, where's the evidence for anything else? Well, it's not your fault that you didn't know where it is because it doesn't exist. That's why when we look at this material and in things like, you know, if we get to it in time here with the COVID thing, COVID-19, and, and we realize that Meyer's information that he first published in 1995 about the first coronavirus epidemic coming out of a laboratory in Guangdong, China, was absolutely correct when SARS occurred five years later. Now, that information has been on my website for at least 15 years, but it's the information that we've had technically since February 20th that I published starting February 20th and 25th and all whereby the actual answers to containing, controlling, and eliminating this pandemic have been published. I've been hammering away, sending it to everybody I could imagine. All of the so-called experts and, and the popular people online, whether it's Alex Jones and trying to get it to Joe Rogan and everybody in between, and not a one of these sons of bitches will bother with it at all because they want to suck up the bandwidth even at the expense of people's lives by the thousands. So I would be glad to, to go back to whatever part of it you want to discuss in terms of the evidence and why I think it's so important. But yeah, what, I, I'd, I'd like to bring up another question. Now, sure. now if, if Mr. Myers is, is – is, correct me if I'm wrong. He's still in contact with, yes. with these – Okay. Yes. So if Mr. Myers is, is, is associated with what we're considering to be extraterrestrials, beings from another planet or another solar system or galaxy, I ask you, I ask you, why him? And why are they not making a big deal about this? Why aren't they coming forth and saying, Hey, look, I'm an alien. I'm from another country. I'm from another world. Put me on the television so that everybody, I mean, they must know about, they must know about electronics and, and, and technology. <laughs> Yeah, so why why aren't they being well, publicized? Per I'll se. give you the answer if you'd like. Please. When Meyer uh, and Meyer doesn't go around, he doesn't make presentations. In the earlier days, they had encouraged him to go ahead and make some presentations with his photos and stuff, and he didn't feel 
natural with that or comfortable with it and all of that. So he, he has basically published everything, his photos, his, his, his films, his, his transcripts, his information, and people disseminate it and all of that. Now, in 1979, the original investigative team, which was composed of Lieutenant Colonel Wendell Stevens, who was retired from the Air Force at that time, and Lee and Britt Elders, two very high-level private investigators, telecommunication uh, security experts, uh, people who did a lot of high-level work for Fortune 500 companies, banks, etc. Those three people were the primary people in a team that also had other very important people. And and they went to Switzerland starting in 1978. And the reason that Lee and Bridellas went along is because they thought that it was probably a hoax and that Wendell, their friend, would be taken for a ride. Okay. In 1979, after they'd been investigating for some time, uh, they asked Meyer if it would be possible to, well, basically do what you've just suggested, to have a contact with the United States government. And so Meyer asked the people that he's in contact with, and they somehow wrote, uh, you know, they wrote up a letter with their terms and their understanding about things. And uh, they gave it to Lee Elders and he took it. He had connections actually at the CIA and the government and all that. And basically it got to the Carter administration and they turned it down. Now, having said that, because I've seen the letter, of course, yes, and I am not completely surprised they turned it down because it was at that point in this process, if you will, that I don't think the extraterrestrials fully understood Earth people and specifically Americans. And the reason for that was that one of the conditions in the letter for contact included that they would some obvious things like uh, you you know we we could initiate contact. We're going to want to do it through our representative, Mr. Meyer in Switzerland. You'd be dealing with him, you know, as an intermediary. And while you know uh, we ask you, you know, you would not be trying to uh, attack our ships or us or anything like that. It'd be very nice to agree to that. And then here was the deal breaker: remembering that Jimmy Carter is a former Baptist minister. So these nice folks who do, aren't hung up on our beliefs or anything else said to him and of course you'd have to tell the american people that all the religions and beliefs and all our fantasies and lies and we could proceed from there well good night that ended that really really quickly i said to billy i it was my i said didn't they understand that and billy said i don't think they really did understand or they wouldn't have made that as a condition okay so you asked why this man well, my answer starts usually with, well, it's got to be somebody, right? And it's, and everybody thinks, well, why don't they meet with me or the president or this or that? Well, I do give these folks credit for quite a few things, including the fact that they know that to actually enter into a, a contact with someone who's not a governmental person or anything like that, would require that they found somebody who'd be willing to go through the hell that they would be subjected to as a true and real contact person, not all these damn liars in ufology, not a one of whom is really telling the truth. I've challenged, I've called them all names. Anytime to your face, I'll debate you. It's, It's crickets. Okay. People say, well, that shouldn't be that hard. That isn't necessarily so. Now, the reason they don't go to leaders, so-called, is they also recognize, finally, 
most of the leaders in the world are psychopaths. They are just power hungry people uh, who, you know, have big egos. They are in for more and more power. Uh, it could be true of any country. And there there might be some nice, good people, some good leaders here and there. But also when you start to go to a government and you start to speak to somebody, then this whole thing of, well, let me in and let me in and that creates problems. That's exactly one of the reasons why they only chose one person who they could work with since the age of five to assure that he would have the strength of character and the, all the other prerequisites in terms of his character and personality and, and all to survive what would be thrown at him, which to date is 23 attempts on his life, kidnapping attempts on his children, his ex-wife turned against. I mean, it's a mess because it's real human beings. It's not the space age BS that you get from all this ufology stuff. So it may, the answers may not satisfy people, but it has proved to be true so far that the only person, first of all, who's having actual contacts and who can prove it is this man. And it's and here's the, the icing on the cake. It's not even about him. His job, his task, what he agreed to do since a very young age was to bring forward very specific information for humankind, including a very profound non-religious belief-free spiritual teaching and all of the scientific evidence that would actually prove the case even better than UFO photos and that he would have the the fortitude and the determination and the will to carry on when people were coming at him, when people were shooting at him, when they're throwing knives at him and all the rest of it and defaming him and all the liars that would emerge to suck up the bandwidth and keep it hidden from people. Like you're a guy, you said you're interested in all this stuff. And yet you're, when you honestly said to me, I don't know that much about this. This has been going on literally for 78 years his first photos, 1964. So if you, right. you see yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. I do, but, but let me interject here. Now, now when you said that uh, back in the Carter administration, he had tried to um, get a contact going. To get a contact. All right. There's been seven presidents since then. And I'm not even saying that it has to be associated with a president. I mean, has no one else seen these ships land? Oh, no, has wait. no one else met these people or, or these no. aliens? Wait, wait. Uh, there are well over 130 eyewitnesses to the craft. I'm one of them. There oh, are, okay. All right. Okay. And, and and there are people who accidentally, not deliberately, they don't set up photo ops, accidentally, there's at least, well, I think it's a half a dozen or more people have seen the extraterrestrials meeting with Meyer. And going back to 1964 in India, there was a young girl at the ashram there who, along with a hundred people there, not only saw the ships, but saw Meyer walking the grounds a lot with one of the women who he met with as a young man in this. And years later, she came forward. She was now a retired diplomat to the UN for 12 years. In 1995-98, she comes forward and gives a press conference and says, yeah, I was there. It's true. People have been, you know, calling me because they know I was at this place. Now they're hearing about Billy Meyer. I'll, I'll, I'll describe these things in these photos to you. I saw this woman ask it. I saw Meyer meet with her. She blah, blah, blah. So this is not like you got to take somebody's word for it. Uh, you know, the photo, there's five other photographers, I said, and lots of eyewitnesses. So uh, and, and I had a, there's a physicist named David Froney. He's an astrophysicist. He was involved in the defense industry. He was with McDonnell Douglas. Some years ago, I gave a lecture in 
Los Angeles at the Biltmore Hotel. I invited him and Britt Elders, the wife of the, the other investigator, to come to the lecture. And I invited David Froning, this aerospace physicist, to come up and address the 450 people that were there to hear my lecture, corporate clients of the hotel, because I wanted him to be able to speak directly to them, not filtered, since he, he has some good things to say. Very brief, but very good. So somebody asked him, okay, Dr. Froning, you're you know astrophysicist. What do you make of this? And he said, well, I'm going to tell you only this. I work with a small group of scientists, and we we believe we've made breakthroughs in our understanding of zero-point energy and hyperspace propulsion, not only from Mr. Meyer's films and photos, but from information he's published. We work with very complex calculation formulas and trying to calculate hyperspace propulsion you know, uh, rates of speed. We came within 20% of what this man had published years ago. So if he... If he's not working with extraterrestrials, who's ever advising him is very, very knowledgeable in the sciences. Thank you very much. And that's all he would say. So this is a very deep matter. There are thousands of pages of evidence here. And this is why, and I mean, I'm so glad you're asking this because all of the people in ufology who know nothing about this case, because it's it's just been lambasted and hidden and attacked and vilified because they're all jealous and they want to be the, you know, the next great leaders and whatever. This has handicapped us in our fight against this disease. And I'll be glad to answer any other questions you got. I want to be able to explain why I said that, however, whenever you're ready for that. Well, my only other question is this. Uh, Michael, Did am I taking up any of your time here? Did you need to ask anything? Because I got, I got one more question. No, go ahead. Has Mr. Myers, and I say this with all due respect, has Mr. Myers ever been checked with his mental health? Well, yeah. yeah. Well, let me. I say that in all seriousness. I'm not, you know, I'm Uh, not joking. The people who are high level scientists, well, and I'll give you another thing in a moment. Um, they all are pretty impressed with his mental health. Uh, he, along with 16 other people, also were put through lie detector tests of the day back in uh, the late 70s. All of them passed 100% authentic and true. And the other 16 people were all attesting to the reality of his contacts, to being eyewitnesses, many of them, etc. Now, you brought up an important thing, so I'm going to answer you in a, in a way. I don't know if it will completely satisfy that, but it's a good one. So three years ago, January... I got a call on a Saturday morning. I think Michael Deacon here has heard this story a few times, but let me tell it for your benefit, Mike. And that is, uh, I got this call 830 in the morning, Saturday, January, and it's a gruff sounding older guy saying, uh, hey, you represent this Billy Meyer. Yeah. Uh, Are you willing to talk about it? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, because I think it's a hoax. I'm an investigator. I said, okay, let's go. Three months we spoke till the end of March, and then he disappears until somewhere in about mid-August. The phone rings, you know, Saturday morning, 8.30. Still willing to talk to me? I said, yeah, Joe, how you doing? He said, okay. He's a crusty guy, you know, really character. And he said, okay, I'm going to tell you who I am, and then I'm going to tell you about your Billy Meyer case. You know, real back east squishing all the words. So I said, okay, who are you? He says, check your email. I was one of the top investigator supervisors for the United States Air Force Office of Special Investigation and a background investigator for the Department of Defense. Check your email. So I go the email and there it is. He's got certificates and letters of recommendation and it's all, it's all real stuff. Okay. Okay, Joe, that's pretty impressive. What do you want to tell me? 
Okay, so I went into the stuff. I went back to that 1964 evidence in India, and I simply applied very basic, you know, protocol means of an opportunity. I looked at, I read the article, and I looked into this woman who was the UN diplomat and all this other stuff. And here's my question to the skeptics: I said, if you can, you show me where this man obtained 80 UFO photographs in the middle of nowhere in 1964 in India. If you can't prove that he got those from anywhere other than that camera that he took them, then you're done. And so he said to me, look, your Meyer case is 100% authentic, and I'll take on any skeptics on your behalf, which he did, demolished a couple of guys. Kevin Randall was one of them. Now, this guy wrote a whole thing. I put it up on the uh, website for a while, and then he called me one day. He says, take the article down for now. I'm in direct contact with Meyer, and I'm going to start doing an in-depth investigation on the whole thing. I'll update the article when we're done and all that. And after he had uh, told me he, the case was authentic, he said, after I did my you know, investigation and made my conclusions, he said, I went online and I watched every video of Meyer I could find on YouTube and all of that. He said, that's an honest man. That's about the most honest human being I've ever seen. He said, look, my job in the Air Force had nothing to do with UFOs. It was to vet people who were climbing the ladder of success. They could end up with their fingers on the nuclear button. These are people in politics. They're military people. There's they're people who we were having to ferret out as moles and spies. I know when I'm looking at an honest man, you know, he says, I've, I've done hundreds of these. And so he says, on top of everything else, on top of the Meyer case being authentic, that's an honest man. So, you know, again, and it isn't even about the man. Here's the evidence. It speaks for itself. So did anything else that I left out about that? No, I, I um, no, uh, that answers the question. I, I'm, I'm still just trying to wonder why, if this is, if this is so authentic, why it's not being brought up to a different, like a higher level. It's been brought up to higher levels. It's because it's so authentic. We know from the Meyer material that this is uh, let's say I'll, I'll use the word studied at the higher levels in Russia. We know that at the Vatican, they know about this material. And at certain levels of our government, certain higher levels of the military, they know about it, too. That's why you've never heard about it. That's why you hear about every imbecile, every goddamn liar like Corey Good and David Wilcock and Jordan Sather or whatever the heck his name is and Emory Smith. Just name one. They're all liars. That's why you're going to hear about them. Nick Pope and, and who's the other one? I always confuse the two of them. They just remind me of each other so much. There's Nick Pope and, and the other guy, whatever his name is. All these people, they've I've sent them all Myers information. Oh, it's boring. It's not true. It's a hoax. Really? When you can prove it to yourself, and that's the whole thing here. We've done so much investigation that anybody that goes through it, all of the stuff, Going back to 1978, we've got, you know, what, 42 years of documentation of examination of evidence right up to, you know, a year ago or now. You can find out for yourself whether it's true or not. You don't have to believe anything here. But that's up to the individual. Yes, this has been suppressed. And yes, we are having people die now because of it. Right now. And I'll explain. Why? Why? Okay. Why are people dying? Okay. Had the Meyer case not been suppressed, had all of the attempts of the original investigators, my attempts and others starting, I've been investigating over 40 years, my presentations, I've been doing internationally for 33 years, 
And I've sent information to virtually every scientist I could get an, an address for. I've called people. Had there not been the suppression and dismissal of this material, and we would have discovered, let's say, even 20 years ago, forget 1964, forget 75, 78, 80, in 2000, 2002, had we known, had we then looked at the same information that I've had a chance to look at and said, wow, this is real, whatever, we might not think it's pot, it's real. Look, here it is. He predicted all this stuff about Mars. And this is something I personally did last year. I went up to see uh, the guy leading the Mars rover project up there in, on all the imaging stuff. And I brought him some of the Meyer material. And then I, he said, well, I'll get back to you. And he said, well, could this guy be a good guesser? I said, no, Ken, he's not a good guesser. Why did he say that to me? Because I brought him at least 30 specific things about Mars that Meyer verifiably published up to 20 and 30 years before we discovered it. Now, if, if that's the sign of a guy that's mentally ill, make me crazy. I want to be able to do the same stuff or make me crazier, however you want to look at it. So, But why are people dying? Okay, good. Now, had we – let's just say 20 years ago, the UFO community had not suppressed this. The military community had not suppressed it. And people go, oh, gosh, this is real. Then we would start to read the information on the scientific stuff. Let's even say – we started to read it in 2002, and we see this thing in there that Billy Meyer publishes in 1995 that's all about this epidemic that's going to be a lung disease that's going to come out of a laboratory in Guangdong, China. And then the next year in 2003, remember, he's published it in 95, that lung disease comes out of the laboratory in Guangdong, China, and everybody knows about Billy Meyer, and they go, well, wait a minute, what else is in this material? And then they start doing what I did starting in 1986. And they start to look at all the scientific information that's been corroborated that he was ahead of. And so then they go into some of the prophecies and predictions that Meyer has presented. He isn't even the author of many of them. And we find out about a rampantly spreading disease that is going to come to the world. And this is supposedly in, a pro in prophecies that they, the play Aaron, have had in their possession from the prophet Jeremiah 8,000 or 6,000 years ago and other things that are in there from the prophet Hanak speaking about the United States and pushing for a war with Russia that will destroy the United States completely and on and on and on. And somebody's going to say, hey, wait a minute. Those ships, that we, the evidence is real. All of the scientific information we've been able to check out up to now is real. How's about we now, we ask these people, or, or we ask Billy Meyer to ask these people, to help us get ourselves straightened out here so that all these things that are foretold for the future could be avoided. And there's lots of them, and they're coming. Oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. This is the first man specifically at the age of 14 in 1951 to predict, and however you feel about this, unnatural, man-made climate change, global warming, the damage to the ozone, 14 years of age. So there's no shortage of documentation from this man. The two uh, wars with Iraq, 1958, he published that, the, uh, the upsurge in radical Islamist terrorism starting in 58 and 81. This is what no, most people don't know is in this case because these imbeciles in ufology have suppressed it and, and, and bad-mouthed it and told you there's nothing there. 
and every jerk that thinks he's in touch with some advanced uh, race and can't prove it is getting the 250,000 hits on YouTube to tell his tall tales. And nobody, nobody asks, where's your proof? Where's your evidence? So had we these warnings, it wouldn't just be this disease. It'd be many things that have transpired since since the case began or since 1981, or since 1995, or since 2000. Now, Mr. Horn, I need to stomp you right there and quickly ask, um, if you, if these things that you are telling us, rather, are true, does that mean Billy Meyer will come up with a cure? No, I don't think it means it, because basically what humankind as a whole has done is said to Meyer, screw you. This, go, go tell your story somewhere else. Let me give you something to, to think about right now. If, if anything, that would be the opportunity to step up and say, I have a cure for it. I now, can actually save the world. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. We've been told since the beginning of these contacts that we – the core – of this teaching here is you, human beings, are 100% self-responsible for everything in your world. You must learn to see things as they are. You have allowed yourself to be so badly misled by your imaginary delusional religions, your corrupted lying leaders, and, and you've bought into this, and politics, which is the most stupid way human beings could ever hope to relate to each other. If you want to learn how to get out of that, we are giving you all of this information for free. And they did. Now, hold on and let me just read you some bullet points real quickly. Avoid airplane ships, mass transportations and crowds. Stay at home to avoid exposing yourself to risk of infection. The real number of infections and deaths are much higher than reported. Actual incubation period is up to four weeks and three months. It's spread by asymptomatic people through the air, through the breath, through clothing and touch. Breathing masks are basically useless because the virus penetrates because it's so small. That means you need medical quality masks. Full body protective suit. Breathing apparatus are the only real protection. And this is especially important for hospitals. And I'll get to it. Hermetically sealed quarantines are required. Must be longer than two weeks. The Asian races will initially be most susceptible, but it will spread to other Others, the virus will become more aggressive over time, claim more lives. It will mutate. Children are mainly immune in the beginning, and they are the main hidden spreaders of the disease. China, the U.S., etc., suppress, and that means our country too, suppress the truth for political and economic reasons. And the World Health Organization is culpable for not immediately proclaiming a pandemic risk. Now, everything I read to you was published by February 25th. The only uh, thing that wasn't was the children were the main spreaders. That was published on March 2nd. I have more information published on March 16th and thereafter. All of the information we have published, everything you've just heard now, was unknown at the time, at February, actually 23rd, when they first published, and they sent it to me and I published on the 25th. Every one of those things is absolutely correct. And the thing that has not been done yet, and I know a doctor that went on Al Jazeera News last night to, to hammer this home, every single hospital, every medical facility where suspected or confirmed COVID-19 carriers or victims of it 
are, are being treated or evaluated must be a hermetically sealed environment, airlocks, sliding doors, the whole thing. All of the personnel either inputting or dealing with these people must have the protective suit that has met quality with breeding apparatus and all of that. The hermetically sealed quarantines must go on far longer than two weeks because the thing will incubate up to three months, which is why people all over the world caught it, even though they weren't in China or Italy or Iran this information on you're hearing now on this show we have published and not one of the miserable lying bastards in ufology, not one of the scientists to whom we've sent this will deign to address this or to help put it out. And no, it wasn't known before. When did you first hear about, hey, everybody now has to lock down and self-quarantine? Well, they told us in February 25th, it's a pandemic. You got to do that. Well, they're a little late. And, and on and on and on. So it's not about somebody giving us a cure. We're always looking for somebody else to save our asses. It's going to be our imaginary God, saviors, and saints, or it's going to be the imbeciles that set themselves up to run for one office or another so that they can turn themselves into millionaires if they're not by the time that they're out of office. And they're, I mean, we have been made so stupid by following politics and religion. Somebody comes along to solve this problem. Well, what about the next pandemic? Because there's some coming. What about the coming environmental upheaval, the results of the eruptions of volcanoes that are going to go off in Italy, in the Canary Islands? What about the Northwest earthquake and tsunamis that are coming? What are we going to wait for somebody to save our butts all the time? This is why I have utter contempt for every single person that calls himself a UFO anything that and that they haven't done everything they could to point people towards this information. There's no point in paranormal UFO conversations. What for? BS about, well, it's a uh, 5G is responsible for this. No, no, 5G is a miserable technology. It's toxic to human beings in its own right. This is also, and oh, I don't know if you heard just today and yesterday, the United States has come out saying, well, we think this came out of a lab in Wuhan. Well, I blogged about that because we were told February 25th it came out of a lab in Wuhan. And we were told there were two labs in Wuhan. We were told it was an accidental release and the Chinese government actually wasn't even responsible. We've published this stuff. What are people doing? Jerking themselves off with stupid stuff? That's why I don't give a damn about UFOs and extraterrestrials. I don't give my power away to anybody. I found truth. Okay, I want other people to have the opportunity to vet it for themselves. This is your life. This is the lies of your family. And these idiots that are trying to push for a release of the lockdown, we were told very clearly three to eight months worldwide, or if you don't, wave after wave of highly virulent mutations are going to be upon you and up over 90 million people can die from this. This is we have this record tonight on your show, Michael. Right. I mean, I published 60 over 60 documents right now since February 20th on this. Try to get it. You know, get the. Hey, Michael Shermer, you're a scientist. Would you like to vet this information? Tell me how it is possible that this little Swiss guy who supposedly makes models of UFOs published the full goddamn truth February 20th and 25th. And you didn't. And none of your phony cronies did. What is going on in this world that we jerk ourselves around with nonsense? There is no paranormal. It is only that which we either have seen hoaxes or we have things that occur according to laws of science that we don't yet recognize. 
And Mike, um, and Mike, now you know why I like having Mike on. <laughs> he gets fired up like this. And this is oh when. God, am I going to make it to 80? Somebody help me out. This, this is why I like Mr. Horn. He's always fired up on the program. And by the way, the White House announced uh, just today they're proposing guidelines for resuming economic activity after yes, this shutdown. What exactly are your thoughts, Mr. Horn? We've been talking about this um, quite often. And quite regularly here on the program, it's, um, is this good for the economy? Is this good for people? We have to find some sort of balance here. Well, here's the thing. Somehow we, humankind, with, you know, really demonic people that cultivate uh, such pathogens and then they get released into the world, we are in a mess, in a large sense, the, the making of humankind. There's no doubt that this is brutal for people economically. But I was, I'm in the process, my next blog is about, you know, the billionaires in this country, if you put them all together, their wealth is over $10 trillion. The medical, not medical, the military industrial complex has been gifted with trillions upon trillions of dollars to make weapons to use to attack people, none of whom have actually come here to attack us, but people whose oil and minerals and other things we want we go and we lay it on people around the world. We build all these weapons when we have no natural enemies from one coast, you know, to another coast, ocean to ocean. On either whoa, 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 hang on a second. What, what did you just say? Who, we don't have any enemies? Of course we have enemies. We have no natural uh, co you know, continental military forces between North and South America that are in the position to, nor have they, Canada did. Last time Canada invaded us, uh, I can't remember. Okay, I'm talking about... <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking about, like, everybody who hates us, ah, which is a lot of people. And why do hate us? Do you ask yourself that question? Because we're capitalists, and we they don't like that. No, it's not that. It's that we have come in to ruin... To, uh, Oh man, I've got an article on, on even on my old website. As of I don't know, nineteen ninety eight, there were over two hundred and fifty acts of unprovoked aggression by the United States of America against one country after another, where we attacked, we t did terrorism, we overthrew their government, we uh, set up our own corporation, one after another, two hundred and fifty times. Honestly. It's a beautiful country, but we have instituted the most demonic, ridiculously corrupt, violent, and aggressive people who run things from behind the scenes, who, despite whoever may be in the driving seat. Sometimes you get people like the Bushes that are all for it. We are now also. And then sometimes you get people like the Clintons who have a body count. Oh, what happened there? Did I lose Mike? Or was I kicked from the call again? Uh, that happened last time, ladies and gentlemen. It got real. Yeah, I got kicked from the call. Let me join back in here. And and that if, yes. if, if uh, Mike, by the way, let me stop you really quickly. <laughs> These alleged uh, Mike, hold on. Really, uh, Mike, hold on really quickly. I, I was booted from the call and everyone did not hear what you guys were, were talking about for a moment here. I apologize. Oh, OK, OK. No problem. Please repeat that. Let me answer a quick thing about that you just raised again, Mike. You know, why if, why haven't they done this? Why haven't they done that? You know what? When I started to study this case, it interested me and I didn't ask anybody to do anything for me. I've gone to Switzerland 20 times. I didn't ask people to send me. I and don't tell me it happened again. My goodness. I'm not sure why this thing keeps giving me the boot on uh, Skype. Holy hell. 
This is I mean, the let's face second it, if time it's not it happened. Out there, wouldn't it be a perfect opportunity for extraterrestrials and, and, and alleged space people to make some sort of a, a, an indentation, if you will, on humanity and the world as we know it and say, hey, look, we are here. They we did. exist. Ra, they, ra, shishkumba, you know, two, four, no, six, eight, we're my, space people. Rock and my, roll. They've done it. You, you see, the problem with us is human beings of Earth. We want it our way. We want it to be done the way we want it to be done. But we forget if this is an advanced space traveling race that doesn't have any reason in the universe to come down and mingle with a bunch of savages such as we are warring all the time. And if they say, you know what, let's help these folks out. And somebody says, well, you know, we can't go down there and do it for them. And they say, of course not. What we're going to do is we're going to inject into their world through a chosen source all the evidence and information, everything that an intelligent human being, somebody who can tie their shoes, could could look at (laughs) and realize, here it is. And then then they're going to say, well, all of these, the contacts are real. Well, what's this is my question. What's the reason? And I found the reason. The reason is this. As I said in 2004, or my first DVD that I put up, the Meyer contacts are the key to our future survival. And if we will only take that key, freely given, stick it in that already open door, to tell you the truth, and open further and walk in and start to do what they've suggested. They've suggested that we look at all this information that they tell us about how to manage your world, how to not overpopulate, how not to destroy all your resources, how not to be killing each other all the time, how not to ruin nature, how to cultivate things so they grow. All this stuff, page upon page, freely offered. But no, we want it the way we want it. We, You guys have to come down here and you have to sit down somewhere and answer our questions and then take me for a ride in your UFO. That's, the, you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Except guess what? It ain't going to happen. So for my position before I have to leave now, because dinner has been made and I'm so grateful for that. Oh, I hope and, you made enough for everybody. Uh, well, sure. Just come on down. Listen, I'll tell you, and I'm saying this to you, Mike, and anybody else that might care in the audience. If you have if you have the time and the interest and you drop me an email with specific questions so that I can make it easy for you, what I will literally do, and I'm not saying that with cynically, I will send you links to where you could find, if you want, the information, the evidence for this or that or the other thing, but you're still going to have to figure it out for yourself. You're still going to have to decide whether or not that makes it for you. We're not arm twisting here. We're now in a situation where for an unforetold period of time to come, we are going to have to wear masks, to keep away from other human beings, to be careful that we don't contract the deadly pathogen. I think if, if it was put to me that way, I'd go, yeah, I think I'd like to know what these people are suggesting. Oh, wait, are they going to cure it? No, but they, they've told us how we can do it. I actually read you the bullet points that contain 90% of the information of how to how to fix it for ourselves while our scientists are going about trying to find the cure. And believe me, they actually are getting help. I just will tell you this. They do something with our scientists and our medical people whereby they will impulse information. They won't do it for us, but they put information out there for people who are working on things to get an idea and an inspiration to start to move along. They can't. 
invade why don't, why don't they at least get an email account or a Facebook account? We could at least talk to them that way. Well, you can talk to them all I'm, you I'm want. joking. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. There are plenty of people online and Facebook and all who are very involved in this all over the world, believe it or not. I've got people who visited me from 206 countries, my blog and website. I, there's a lot of people. It's just not compared to the 9 billion on the planet. So what I am suggesting here, these you've raised wonderful questions and challenges, and I mean it, because most people that would have those thoughts who don't know the depth of this case, for better or for worse, you've spoken for them to a high degree, and I will do – I will give – my time to anybody with sincere interest. And if any of you know people that are of integrity who are scientists who are looking into this or anything else about, you should, you know, I, I just sent a blog up because I posted information for a number of scientists, sent it out yesterday. Of course, nobody's responded. But if you know anybody, I will take the time to present information, evidence proof. And for anybody who's foolish enough who wants to debate it, I will wipe the floor with them and I don't care what their security clearance is. They're, when things are true, it's not complicated to approve them. So I prefer that we look for ways for people to cooperate, to look into this and to determine for themselves what the truth is. And we can always visit again to do that too. <sighs> right. And we didn't even get into the farm yet either, Michael. Pardon me? Say that again. We never got into the farm. The farm? Which farm? The ranch, Billy Meyer. Oh, you mean where they live in Switzerland? Exactly. I'll be glad to tell you more about that because there's very interesting information connected to that about some of the environmental changes that are coming to the planet that also will affect Switzerland. And they will affect us as well. And maybe another show. Yeah, we'll we have to go over that later. Hmm? We'll definitely go over it later. Uh, with you, Michael, and at another time. But I do want to thank you tremendously for being a part of the program yet again. Yes. I'm sure you. we'll do this very, very soon. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, anybody, you know, we're just giving away what we can for those people that I'll give away a free film to anybody who wants to send me an email. Uh, Mr. Horn, uh, yeah. if I may just say, I, I want to say thank you for, you know, entertaining my questions. It's my job to be skeptical on this show and to ask very important and difficult questions. So thank you. And I respect your, your answers and I'm glad you were respectful to my questions. Well, I respect that you are interested enough to try to find out the information that you can vet to determine the truth for yourself. And I would say that to any skeptical person, even Michael Shermer, if he didn't run away with the scale <laughs> to his legs, but to you, Mike, and to you, Michael, I thank you both anytime. No Thanks. problem. Take care. Mahalo. Talk to you later. Take care now. Sure, you too. Bye-bye. And there he goes. The one and only Mr. Horn. Wow. Great guest. Great guest. Uh, I mean, really knows his stuff, obviously. I forgot that uh, we were on limited time here. There was a lot I needed to uh, get into here with him. But of course, that usually happens. Time is never on our side. Yeah, I'm sorry. I hope I didn't interrupt you or anything with that uh, questions that I was asking. No, they were pretty good questions, though. Thank People you. wanted to know. Well, you know, it, it, I mean, if I may, I, I, how much time do we have? Do we have any time? Yeah, we got time. Just, just to, just to. We just ran out of time with him. That's all. Oh, okay. Well, just to reflect on some of the questions that I asked. I mean, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm a very skeptical person, I, and you know that, Michael, because you're the same way. Of course. But it, it, <sighs> You know, there's things that I can't quite understand that if this is such an important case, why why wouldn't there be some sort of way? Uh, look, if these are intelligent, 
you know, beyond a human being intelligence. Kind of reminds uh, you, kind of reminds you of God, right? Yeah. Well, well that's <laughs> another thing. I mean, that re- look, look, man, you want to talk about God and aliens? Watch the movie Prometheus, Aliens 4. I've seen or, it. No, it's I'm good. sorry. Alien 6. Um, Prometheus and even the one after that, uh, Alien uh, Resurrection, it gives you the idea that that intelligent beings from another um another universe came to earth and started humanity uh in, in the way that it, they did in the movie you got to watch the movie it's a brilliant movie um so all right so there's that but what i'm getting at is if these beings are so intelligent and they know that we're just these stupid human beings running around killing ourselves, polluting our, our oceans and polluting our air and our, our, our land and, you know, raping the land and, and, and destroying our natural resources. Why, I tell you, why, I ask, why wouldn't they at least say, look, you're going about it all wrong. Uh, we are who we are. Look, here we are. Here's our badge, you know, space alien from another another world. Get a little proof, a little proof. I'm sorry. It's just like religion to me, because if you don't have the solid evidence where where a, a, an intelligent being can come out and say, we are far better, better than you. Look, look at our spaceship. If you can travel from one galaxy to the next, I want to damn well know about it. I want to know how it's done. Well, that's when the individuals who are deeply in the ufology circles, that's when they would say, well, they made a... A pact with the government. That's why, Mike. That's true. Yeah, that's I've usually what that you'll hear. Too. Right, right. Um, but I understand where you're, where you're getting at, and I feel the same way about God as well. A complicated, delicate, touchy It's situation. a conundrum, right? Yeah, it is. It's exactly right. It's a conundrum. But again, I'm really thinking that if, if extraterrestrial beings came from another planet, at least tell us how you got here. Ah, uh, well, you know, if, that's if, right. If they don't, if they want us to think for ourselves, and they want us to uh, to better ourselves, it all all it takes is one ounce of proof. And I, proof, and I'm not saying a photograph from 1977. Well, okay? that's what we didn't even get a chance to get into the photographs. There's some weird, um, there's some weird claims in there, Mike, especially with time travel and a photo of of a dinosaur. That looks right, like it came. Yeah, yeah, it looks like you came from a book. It does. In fact, even the girls and they I show read a in book. the article. <laughs> and the they show a book are, in there. Say again? I said they actually show a book, the actual book where that was taken from. Yeah. So yeah, it, I know. it's a little it's a little iffy. It's a hard that's sell, why, some of these things. That's why I was I was bringing it up because I did read the article that you sent me, and it says right in it that some of these images were taken from either books or uh, I think some of them even said the Dean Martin show. Is that right. what it was? That was the women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the women are supposed to be these the aliens, are they not? Correct. But he Weird, man. I've, I brought this up to him before and he's explained why, it, why, why, why we're seeing this basically. He has an explanation for all of this. And I'm sure he does because he firmly believes it. He really does. He's, he, he's dedicated to it. And I can respect that, you know, but at the same time, I have my own qualms about it. I'm with you on that one, Mike. I know and you are, buddy. He knows. He knows very well where I have an issue with, with this case because we've talked about it. And you know what? At least, at least he's a good enough person to respect our opinions on it and vice versa. Cause I, you know, I, I didn't come down on the guy or anything like that, but I'm just trying to, 
make a case. You know how many times so, I, I had to defend Michael <laughs> to to listeners out there? Really? <laughs> yeah, they get really angry. They get so mad that he's going to be on. They're saying this story's <laughs> bullshit. Why do you have him on? And I'm always thinking, well, look at the kind of reaction I get. Sure. Look how pissed off you get. Of course, I'm going to bring him on just to purposely <laughs> piss you off. Why not? Why not trigger? Wow. Why not trigger them, Mike? It's a lot better that way. Uh, everybody's triggered these days. Makes a much better, a uh, much better show. Knowing to get some heat off people working the marks. It's a good time. Indeed. It really is. Now, Mike, we are almost out of close here. Uh, so you know what we have to do when we're closing? You know, we That's have to it. play that, that Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> Why do you torture me every night? I gotta thing? get, I gotta get the soul of Jesus in you, Mike. That's why. Cause you are a, an evil Satanist guy. Oh, you're This is for your own good, Mike. Okay. <laughs> this is for your own good. Well, thank you. You need to cleanse your soul. Please you say it. I take cleansing. it. I take it. I have it. I have it. It's mine. It's mine. I it's thank you and mine. praise you for it. Yes. I'll be and praised. I forgive if I have aught against any. And I praise you that I'm well and whole. I praise you that I'm well and whole. Yes. According to the word of God. The word of God, Mike. Word. I'm healed. Yes. You better be and healed, I Mike. Consider not my own body. Yes, consider yes. not my own body. I consider oh. not symptoms in my body. I consider not symptoms in my body. But only that oh. which God has promised. Only that. Only that. And the aliens. Only that what the word has said. <laughs> only that what the word has said. By his stripes I was healed. And by his stripes I am healed I'm now. healed now. I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I'm the healed and the devil's That's trying right. to give me the flu. Whatever else kind of thing he's trying. Yeah. <laughs> Healed and well. Yes. In the sweet name, name of Jesus. Jesus. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Amen, Mike. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, brother. I don't know about you, but I feel better every time. Every every time. It's every time you I, don't feel, have the, I feel better. You don't have the coronavirus. I don't have the coronavirus because I've been playing that. How how could I playing Mr. Copeland there? Yeah. You won't lose if you have God on your side, Mike. Yeah, well, I, I think have that's a your, darker. I think that's your problem, Mike. I think it's because, you know, you're evil Satanist, you know, mm-hmm. you worship Madonna <laughs> and Bill Gates. I just think, you know, you need to come to the light. Hey, dude, listen, if Bill Gates gave me like $2 million, $3 million, I'd <laughs> worship his ass to the end of time. <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> well, Mike, again, the only man worth worshiping is Jackie Chan. Oh, you think so, huh? I think more like Jet Li. Jet Li? He's he's pretty Hell good, yeah. too, though. He is one. Jet Li. Oh, my God. When he was young, he was a badass. He was he the was man amazing. for a while. That's true. Oh, God. I watch his movies. Like, I got, a, I got several of his movies on DVD, and I love watching that guy. Absolutely amazing, that guy. Let's oh, get him on the amazing. show. Well, we got to try. We're on tomorrow, by the way, Mike. I know. Thanks a lot, man. I haven't slept in days. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, have you have you even been sleeping okay? Because I haven't slept good at all lately. Really? Yeah, my sleeping is all screwed up. Uh, but it's not because of the show. It's what just, is it? Then? I'm just wide awake right after we do the show now. Oh, really? Well, and it's, it's I don't fun. even know why. You know, I know, because I usually get a call from you like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> I know. You, you get a random thing. You know what? Speaking of calls, I just want to announce this right now before I forget. We we do have a new call-in number. It's uh, 760-332-8944. 8944. That's the new number. Brand new. 
And it works really good, by the way. So the, the old number is no good anymore? You can still use the old number, but I would advise against it. The number 760-332-8944 is okay. superior, in my opinion. Good. Did you get that today? I got it last night when I couldn't sleep. <laughs> no kidding, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I might as well do something productive if I'm all okay. wired awake. Right on. But bro. I mean, I'm probably not the only one who hasn't been able to sleep well. Well, I, I have issues too, but it's medical. Um, yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I, have, I haven't slept, honestly, and I, I kid you not when I tell you this, I have not slept a full eight hour night since 2009. Really? I kid you not. Why is that? Just not comfortable? You're thinking no, what's no. going on here? It's a medical issue. I don't want to get into it. Okay, it's, it's, a, it's a personal thing, but cool, it, cool. it did have to do with the cancer that I had and how it affected me. And uh, I'm up every night, every two to three hours throughout the entire night. And that that's sounds, been going on since 2009. That sounds super annoying. I have not had a decent rest in over a decade. Good Lord. Yeah. Good Lordy. It's almost as strange as hearing um, some of these press conferences we've been hearing. The Corona Task Force, <laughs> the, the, the Corona Task Force, uh, briefings we've been hearing. Oh, oh yeah. You They've know, I didn't listen wild. to the news at all today. Did you, did you hear any, uh, updates? Just a little bit, but I mean, I'm not trying to trash these meetings because I, I've been, I've been, um, fully entertained by them, to be honest. You know, you know a lot I of people pissed. To, I spoke to a friend of mine, uh, an old bandmate who is now living in Spain and, uh, he gave me a call today and we were talking and he was telling me that, What's going on out there? They seem to be a little bit more laxed. Yeah, they are in lockdown, but they seem to be a little bit more laxed with things. According to him, that you know, this is what he was saying, um, and that uh, things aren't as uh, how did he put it? Um, Bad. It, it, that's kind of how we said it, but at the same time, I, I got to be honest, and I say this with all due respect. I don't know if he was completely educated on. Okay. What might have been going on? Because I asked him specifically so that I could talk about it on the show, um, you know, just to get what it's like going on out in Spain mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to America. But uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm talking out of my ass here. I, I don't know. I should have probably gotten more information before I brought it up. Oh, don't worry. OK, I won't. But I know next week, next Saturday, we do have a man from China. Yeah. An American, teacher. by the way. Teacher, right? Yeah, he's a teacher and. That should be quite interesting. And of course, tomorrow we are live yet again with yes. Mr. Max Egan, who believes COVID-19 is all bullshit. No. Yeah. So it, it, it'd be interesting to talk to him. You think? I haven't talked to him in a while. <laughs> so it'll be good to catch up. And then, of course, on Saturday, Dr. Paul Cottrell, live and in uh, the building. Our buddy, Paul. I love talking to Paul. Oh, yeah. He's he's definitely – I love talking to that guy, too. He's great. And then Tuesday, Mike, on the 21st, we got Michael Alago. That's right, buddy. Can you believe that? I am excited and stoked about that. Me, too. I might I'm, even drink during the show. <laughs> unfortunately, I still haven't gotten a reply from that other person that I was trying to get who oh, said really? that they were looking forward to doing the show. I just haven't gotten in touch with him. Uh, every time I write him, he never gets back to me. Oh, that's weird. I have no idea why. I don't he's either. probably busy. That's what I thought. He's, um, he's busy trying to survive, Mike. I guess, yeah. But if you're locked up inside, what the hell else you got to do? I, I know you're not. Show, you're not right? doing anything. You might as well jump in here. Exactly. <laughs> and then, of course, we have Big Jim Fetzer on Thursday. That's uh, next week, right? Yeah, on the twenty third. Okay. 
Yeah, we're we're pretty much booked again, Mike. Also, oh, let's see, shows. we got Tuesday. We got next, Tuesday. Next we Tuesday got, on the 21st, right? Yeah, we got Thursday and we got Friday and Saturday. Oh, my Lord. We are banging it out here, Michael. Oh, we are doing to. a great job, buddy. We have to stay busy. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, yeah roll I think, forward. Uh, and, and as you noticed, I have been sending you some snapshots of, of, of some of the people that are making comments uh, about the show and, and praising uh, our work together. So I think we're doing great, man. I really do. That's very good. Very good. And again, I forgot to play this clip here, and it's of the intro, and I always forget. And it's a good intro. There it is, Mike. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Michael and Mike of the Michael Deacon Program. It's goddamn amazing. amazing. (laughs) That's right. It is goddamn amazing. It's goddamn amazing. (laughs) Well done. Well done. On a night like this. It's really good, right? Yep. Got to praise the listener there, Mr. Great. Who did that? That would be Element. Um, Great job, Element. Great job. I love it. Yeah, that would be Element 115, which he's known differently in the in the chat room. But to me, he's always going to be Element 115. Great job, Element 115. Yes, great job. And of course, I want to thank all of you out there for hanging out with us here tonight while we talk to Mr. Michael Horn. Always a great time to talk to him. And I want to thank him very much for joining us here. And of course, all of you out there in the chat room and Mr. Mike Hideous as well. The one and only Mike Hideous. Thank you for hanging out here, Mike. Thank you, buddy. Always a pleasure. Tell everyone good night. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Michael Deacon program. I'm your co-host, Mike Hideous, signing off for the night. Thank you very much. Beautiful. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place and life itself is a mystery. Until next